Before the COVID-19 pandemic, infectious diseases ran rampant in U.S. nursing homes, and the nursing home industry has been struggling with infection prevention and control practices for decades. Thankfully, our next guest has a deeply rooted passion and bold vision for change. Dr. Buffy Lloyd Krejci, CEO of IPC Well, joins us to discuss how her organization is devoted to mitigating infectious diseases to reduce adverse events, infections, antibiotic resistance, readmissions, and death through targeted, data-driven solutions and advanced statistical analytics. Additionally, Dr. Buffy shares her journey of visiting hundreds of nursing homes and why her experiences led her to write her book, Broken, How the Global Pandemic Uncovered a Nursing Home System in Need of Repair and the Heroic Staff Fighting for Change. Join us for this timely and needing conversation to learn how Dr. Buffy and the IPC Well team are working tirelessly to combat the estimated 1 to 3 million infections, leading to more than 380,000 deaths annually in the nursing home industry. Let's go. Welcome to Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli, where we highlight and speak with the innovators, the game changers, and the pioneers who are deeply passionate and relentless in solving the problems our world is facing today. This is your opportunity to connect with and learn from these leaders and to support them on their mission. Perhaps they will soon be hearing your story as well. This is Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli. I look forward to having you on this journey with us. Hi, Dr. Lloyd Krejci. A warm welcome to our podcast. Thanks, Mike. So glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Well, as one of our nation's foremost authorities on infection prevention and control in nursing homes and long-term care facilities, and with your tireless work through the pandemic, I'm incredibly grateful to have this conversation today. But before we dive in, a bit of housekeeping. While listening to any of our episodes, please take a moment to subscribe to the podcast. You will automatically receive episode updates in your podcast player. Simply search Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli and Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And lastly, please visit the bottom of the episode notes to connect with me on LinkedIn, Twitter, and Clubhouse in order to further the conversations occurring on this podcast. All right, Dr. Buffy, it's almost time for our community to learn how you and the IPC Well team are offering solutions to federal, state, and local public health care professionals implementing interventions to mitigate healthcare and community-acquired infectious diseases through targeted, data-driven solutions and advanced statistical analytics. The first, what's that one piece of advice that you would give to others who are passionate about reimagining the health of our world? Well, it's a great question. And, you know, it really is in the phrase of passion. My advice is to really choose the area that makes your heart ignite and really creates excitement and energy you know, our healthcare world is very challenging and to create any change in it requires tenacity and fortitude. And so you really have to have that passion and determination. So, you know, really follow your heart and let it guide you into the direction to impact the healthcare settings. Dr. Buffy, I'm so glad you said that because, you know, I'm very fortunate. I get to mentor and advise a lot of entrepreneurs starting new tech companies in healthcare. It seems there's a theme that the ones that are just starting to build a product and hope for a big paycheck one day ultimately fail. But those ones that bring their passion and have that desire, the fire to change a part of healthcare that is passionate for a passion for them. And sometimes because there's twists and turns, and I know we're going to talk about that with your own journey, Dr. Buffy, but those are the ones that can go through those twists and turns, find those pivots and still continue to deliver on their passion. Those are the ones that excel over time because you know as well as I do, you just said it. 
This industry is very complex. It's very difficult. You have to have that fire in the belly to sustain you through, a, through these times of reimagining healthcare. I got to imagine that's part of your journey that I know we'll be talking about here in a moment. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I know also too, Dr. Buffy, there's going to be an awesome opportunity after we get back from the commercial break to talk about your book, what you've been doing. You're a national leader in this space. And of course, we're going to talk in a moment about that journey. How did you discover that passion in the first place? what you've been doing for our nation during these very trying times and where we go from here. We're going to cover all of that after we get back from thanking our community champion sponsor. Salesforce, the global CRM leader, empowers companies of every size and industry to digitally transform and create a 360-degree view of their customers. Salesforce's Patient 360 and Customer 360 power the business of health, helping the healthcare and life sciences industries reshape how they operate and collaborate for better outcomes. Salesforce delivers trusted health solutions from anywhere with an integrated suite of industry-specific apps from omni-channel care and sales to patient services and beyond. Salesforce's expert community of healthcare trailblazers and leading industry partners help inspire and drive change. And Salesforce supports you in adapting for what's next with a scalable and interoperable platform. Salesforce believes the future of health is connected. Do you? To learn more, visit salesforce.com slash business of health. All right, we are back with Dr. Buffy Lloyd Krejci, CEO of IPC Well. Dr. Buffy, thank you so much for teeing us up on the front end. Passion is the name of the game to sustain you and to make an awesome opportunity to change this industry. You got to keep that fire in the belly and figure out what keeps you motivated, what keeps you passionate to move this industry forward. Dr. Buffy, you have a heck of a story to tell. I've been waiting for quite some time to have you on the podcast. You're a national leader. You've been there and done that. You've marched across this country during one of the biggest crises of our lifetime, the pandemic. You learned a lot. You had a book about it. I know you're working on a second book as well. But of course, Dr. Buffy, you don't become a national expert and a national leader overnight. You had that passion early on. How did you get into this space in the first place? How did this fire in your belly get turned on in the first place? Take us back a bit and share with us that journey of where you got to where you are today as one of our nation's experts. And then, of course, what you're working on today to help move our industry forward, especially after what you've learned so much over these past few years, where we're heading, what we need to be thinking about as leaders in this industry, and of course, how we can be helping you. But first, take us back a bit, Dr. Buffy. How'd you get into this space in the first place? Well, you know, I think like many people's journey, it's never a straightforward path. At least it wasn't for me. And I knew as a young child that I loved medicine and I loved mathematics. I didn't really fully comprehend that until much later. But I really believe what started my true passion was my grandparents, whom I referred to as Mimi and Didi, and I talk about them in my book. And at the age of 19, I was actually their primary caregiver. They were both pushing 90 years old and they both entered the long-term care healthcare sector. And I didn't know what I didn't know, nor did I know that 25 years later, it would impact me in such a way to be fighting for improved healthcare across our country. I started early on in my journey with different areas in healthcare from a hospital unit coordinator to working in the intensive care unit, and through my education and training and research, found my love of combining statistics and mathematics with medicine, being able to identify how infections transmit over within a population, 
And I was particularly interested in infectious diseases because they're so fast moving, as we all know, you know, we've experienced ourselves, and they can take down very healthy individuals very rapidly. And I was like, you know, how does this happen and how can we prevent it? And in 2010 is really when I started utilizing statistics and creating stochastic models and all sorts of sophisticated ways to identify how they spread across a community. And then it was in 2015, I was working within a government organization, a CMS quality improvement organization, supporting five different states across the country, supporting hospitals report their healthcare associated infection, analyzing the data, working with hospitals, how we could reduce infections. Then there came on our docket some work to support nursing homes, a first ever national pilot study to help nursing homes report C. difficile. It's an infectious disease that is highly contagious. It causes major diarrhea. And if anybody's ever had it, they know how devastating this can be to an individual, even throughout long term. And this is when my passion really grabbed a hold of me. When I learned that there's one to three million infections occurring in nursing homes every year, that result in 380,000 deaths. That's over a thousand people dying every single day from infections. And when I looked at the research and I looked at what we were doing as a country, I kind of looked around and I'm like, the nursing homes are kind of the bottom priority. We're not really doing a whole lot about this. And it just captivated me. This was in 2015. I was captivated and just so motivated to dive in and do more to help this industry with their infection control and reducing these very harmful infections and outcomes for our vulnerable residents. Wow. That is amazing, the statistics. And those statistics as of today or when you were starting to think about launching your company in regards to one to three million, is that today's statistics around that? Well, we don't know. And see, that's the challenge. And that's what we'll get to later is we don't have a really great national program that actually identifies the true burden. This is research that's extrapolated and research that has been pulled from prevalent studies and other studies that because nationally we do not have a robust program, there is a solution, but we're not using it in the best possible manner right now. So the answer is we don't know. I'm sure it's higher. Especially with COVID, that data that came out in the early 2009, 2011, and that's still what we're using. And so I didn't even think about starting my own company at the time. I was working for this quality improvement organization. I was happy to work on this pilot study. I kind of kept getting shifted around in the company because I'm such a go-getter and can get data from anybody. And I was so passionate about nursing homes, and I could see that maybe this initial pilot study wasn't going to be long-term. And I just, I knew I needed to keep working in the nursing home space. I knew that I needed to do more and I wasn't satisfied just to move on to the next project. And so that's when I ultimately started my own company, which was in the end of 2017. Yeah. Let's go there. Cause I also, we're going to dive into in just a moment, your best-selling book, Broken. We're going to talk about that in just a moment and what you discovered there in the journey along the way. It's a powerful story. We're going to go there in just a moment, Dr. Buffy, but let's talk about the company. You said end of 17, IPC Well was born. Give us that elevator pitch. Why did you do it? What was, and if it's changed over time, what is IPC Well doing? Who are you as an organization? And like I said, then we're going to talk current state, some of those findings from the book and what you discovered out there on the road. But take us back. You launch IPC Well. What is it? Give us that elevator pitch. 
Yeah, I was really frustrated that we didn't understand the true nature of the burden of infections in long-term care and that we have over a thousand people dying every day due to infections, you know, UTIs and pneumonia and skin and soft tissue infections, these serious infections. And I was so determined and motivated to enroll nursing homes into the CDC's National Healthcare and Safety Network to start reporting these infections. I was and am determined to implement best IPC practices, infection prevention and control practices within this healthcare sector. And this was my mission then. It's my mission now to prevent harms and deaths from infections. I had no idea, of course, a global pandemic was around the corner, which exacerbated everything. But our whole goal is to use data to understand what the burden is and then proactively work on reducing those infections and harms. If we're not measuring it, how do we know we even have a problem? How can we actually effectively create change if we're not measuring it and then working towards goals to reduce these infections and harms? Well, Dr. Buffy, thank you for that. You're right. You can't change anything until you can measure it. Got to get that data. But you know, as well as I do in the healthcare setting, it is very difficult one, to change. Status quo is something that we all just go, you know, we revert back to in healthcare quite a bit. Oh, this is always the way we've always been doing it, Dr. Buffy. Why would we change now? Two, it's sometimes very difficult in a very siloed industry that is healthcare to get your hands on data. And I, you said it earlier and I made a mental note. You said you were incredibly passionate about getting data and you can get it. And I love that because sometimes that's so difficult in our space, right? So when you talk about launching IPC Well, you're the CEO, you're moving this organization forward, you didn't know that a pandemic was coming. Who are you working with? Are you working with the executive teams of these nursing homes? And what was that message to them? How did you get them to work with you? So initially, I was very naive because of my work that I had been doing already on a national level. I thought I could even go down to the individual level and start working with the leadership that they would be interested in hiring somebody to help them. But I rapidly learned they didn't have the funding, they didn't have the resources. So that has been a huge issue. They don't even have the money to pay their staff, much less hire anybody extra. And even though I would show them that it was going to help them prevent infections, prevent harm, the industry is very much operational in the sense of it's reactive. And so if there's a fire, they're going to put it out. If there's an infection, they're going to take care of it. So they're more focused on the infection control piece, actual controlling it, but not the prevention. And I think in general, in healthcare, prevention isn't the most popular topic and prevention isn't necessarily reimbursable either. You know, I know there's been a lot more advances in that direction. So when you talk about prevention, I don't know, it just doesn't gain as much attention. But I was also very naive in that I thought I could go in and just with some help, the nursing homes would be grateful, they would be eager to have the help. And I rapidly realized I was asking them to focus on data when they didn't even have the basics of infection prevention in place. They didn't have alcohol-based hand rub or hand sanitizers available. So staff were not conducting hand hygiene. They didn't have the basics of cleaning an environment. They didn't have the basics of transmission-based precautions or isolation precautions. And so I knew I needed to start back at the basics. I needed to start on step one, not on step 100, which is what I was trying to have them do. And to be honest, 
I'm still very focused on those basics. It's a very, very select few that I get to actually talk about data with. The industry is not there yet. And part of that is because we don't have the appropriate staffing. The staffing that we do have in place don't have the time. And they're just barely trying to get the basics underneath their feet. So once we can really get those basics, then obviously moving into data collection is part of it. I mean, that's just part of it. Uh, and I appreciate that. I mean, these are the stark realities of where we are as an industry. Let's just call it what it is. And that's where we are. But obviously, lots of room for improvement and being able to improve the system at hand. So Dr. Buffy, let's now talk about, as you mentioned earlier, right? You launched the company 2018, had no idea. No one had any idea that in March of 2020, our world would be thrown in such chaos. And specifically, a world that is really in the crosshairs of your life's work and mission. And you then subsequently in 2022 published a national best-selling book, Broken, How the Global Pandemic Uncovered a Nursing Home Industry in Need of Repair and the Heroic Staff Fighting for Change. Dr. Buffy, talk a little bit with our audience that you traveled to over 200 nursing homes around the nation as a pandemic brought these deadly problems into stark relief. What was that like? What did you experience? You mentioned, you know, we're still working on the basics, but what was brought to light through that journey, 200 different nursing homes around our nation? What did you experience out there on the front lines? Well, I really saw the disparity and I'll just put it simply this way. The healthcare workers in hospitals were viewed as healthcare heroes, right? But our nursing homes were continually vilified. They were continually just all the bad news was about the nursing homes. And even though some of it, of course, happened, it was what was highlighted to the media. And what the public didn't see, and this is what motivated me to write the book, were the dedicated healthcare workers that showed up every day were the dedicated housekeepers, the dedicated food service workers, the dedicated social workers that they could have stayed home, they could have, you know, taken time off and they could have binged on Netflix like most of the country was at that time. <laughs> but they continued to show up and do their job, even though they were getting sick and a large percentage even of healthcare workers died that were from nursing homes. What I saw was really dedicated staff who care for this vulnerable population, they didn't have the PPE, they didn't have the personal protective equipment. They were, again, the very last on the list to get the resources. You know, I show this when I do presentations, I put on this gown that FEMA sent to the nursing homes. It's not even a gown, it's like a tarp. And it's so big and oversized. And that's what we were expected to use, you know, in the nursing homes. Some nursing homes I helped were duct taping garbage bags together. Some of them, they were using patient gowns. I mean, they just didn't have what they needed, yet they still continue to show up every day and fight this war, this invisible war. I worked with Doctors Without Borders in Detroit, Michigan, and in Houston, Texas. It was their first ever U.S.-based mission, and we were able to really start making a big impact on those hardest hit. But what I found so interesting was even Doctors Without Borders, the colleagues that I worked with who had worked in Liberia, Africa, on the Ebola outbreak, they said they'd never seen anything like that. what they were seeing in the nursing homes because they were heavily penalized. It was a heavily punitive environment with surveyors coming in and citing them and providing basically monetary citations in the midst of trying to do the right thing and care for the residents. 
in the midst of constantly changing guidelines so nobody really knew what to do. And for me to hear from these international colleagues that it was one of the most difficult missions they had ever done because we couldn't just come in and help. You know, there was so much red tape. You know, if we provided one ounce of wrong guidance or recommendation, it could cause somebody to end up getting a citation. And so even in the midst of this crisis, we were held under such scrutiny and such perfection that it was nearly an impossible situation to work through. Well, Dr. Buffy, thank you for sharing that and and that experience that you saw on the front lines. Where do we go from here, though? I mean, you know, obviously lots to unpack in the book. We'll leave it in the episode notes for audience to get a hold of the copy. But Dr. Buffy, where do we go now? You know, here we are. I don't even want to say we're on the back of the pandemic. This is endemic. It's going to be with us for obviously the rest of our lives, of course. Where do we go from here? What do we need to be thinking about? Where do you see things heading over the next two to three years that we can truly implement and move forward and learn from what we just went through? Well, there's so many opportunities and I'm so excited to talk about solutions. You know, we can talk about the problem all day long, but we need to get into the solutions. And in my book, the last four chapters start talking about the solutions. And then I'm working on even sequel to the book more solutions because there's so much that we can do within this healthcare sector. The first is we need to invest in this healthcare workforce within long-term care. I want the consumers to understand, and you know, we're all consumers of healthcare, right? Our loved ones will never get quality care ever if we do not provide dignity and respect towards the workers that are providing that care. It cannot and will not happen. And oftentimes you've got patient advocate groups on one side and you've got healthcare worker advocate groups on the other. We need to bridge these groups. They're not siloed. They're not separate. We're all on the same team. Let's work together because if we can create and build up the workforce, that will translate to good care. And that's what we're after. So we need to invest in our workforce. I am not naive that there are corrupt players in this industry. There are people that are in it for profit and the the funding doesn't go down to the people that it needs to. I don't talk a lot about that because I'm so focused on infection control, but I'm not naive to that. And I do believe we need accountability for funding. If we have certain dollars that go for the healthcare workforce, then it needs to go to the healthcare workforce. We can't simply say we need more money or more funding if that's not going where it needs to go. So I'm absolutely in support of that. We also, we need dedicated infection preventionists within long-term care. In 2019, it became a CMS mandate to have at least a part-time infection preventionist on site at a skilled nursing facility. Well, this has been implemented, but a lot of these buildings that I still go to, it's on paper only. They may say that they have 20 hours dedicated to long-term care or to the infection preventionist, but they're so short-staffed right now, they're being pulled to work the floor. They're being pulled to be the nurse. So we really don't have that dedicated infection preventionist because we need that specialty. We need that individual to really be able to provide education and training and then eventually start collecting that data and start using that data to improve processes. Well, great tips. And again, we can find all that information on Dr. Buffy lays out in her book, Broken. There'll be a link within the episode notes to get your copy of the book. A phenomenal read. Definitely recommend picking that up. So 
Dr. Buffy, of course, we always love to be able to help our guests out. We have an incredible community rallied around this podcast. What's one problem, need, or question from your camp that our community can be helping you with? Well, at IPC Well, we are dedicated to providing support in a way that is not really the most popular in the sense because it does cost more resources, but we believe in going on site, just as I described during the pandemic, and providing coaching and mentoring instead of this constant punitive nature of, you know, the first time somebody realizes they're doing something wrong as if a surveyor comes in and then they're fined for it. And we are starting to really gain ground. We have funding to do several hundred more site visits across the country. And so, you know, what we're looking for is just ongoing funding because as I mentioned earlier, the nursing homes don't have the funding for this. And so we're looking for ongoing support and funding to be able to reach every single state in this country, to be able to have professional infection preventionists come on site, provide you an overview of what is going on in your program and how to bridge the gap and how to deliver the best care and how to implement a really good program. So that's really what, what we're always looking to expand to we can support more nursing homes. Well, in order for our community to get a hold of you and, and talk about those opportunities to partner with you and the team, how can they get a hold of you? Social media handles, websites, or otherwise, how do they track you down online? Well, our website's ipcwell.com. And of course, we're on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter. They can also reach me at Dr. Buffy at ipcwell. That's D-R-B-U-F-F-Y at ipcwell.com. We'd love to hear from you. And the book is also available on Amazon. Absolutely. And we're going to leave that link in the episode notes as well. And of course, to our listening community, just scroll on down into the episode notes to find all those contact points online for Dr. Buffy and the IPC Well team. And you can head over to our free global online community at passionatepioneers.com. There will be a post for this episode with all those contact points, with the link to the book, and an opportunity to leave any comments and feedback for Dr. Buffy and the team, again, over at passionatepioneers.com. Well, Dr. Buffy, we're almost out of here. This has been a fascinating conversation, been incredibly grateful to spend time with you and to learn what you've experienced on the front lines during this incredible tragedy that we you know, experience on a global level and how passionate you are to help solve for it. But before we get out of here, we have a fill in the blank for you. I'm a passionate pioneer because? Because I won't settle for the status quo. I love it. Well, Dr. Buffy, again, thank you so much for being here today and sharing all the incredible work happening in your camp and the passion and the fire that burns to make this space and make this industry healthier and better for so many community members around our country. Thank you for spending time with us today. It was an absolute honor. Thanks, Mike, for having me. Thank you for joining us today on Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli. We'd love to hear your feedback about the podcast so we can continue to improve this community and to further support the pioneers being featured. Lastly, please take a moment to subscribe to the podcast and invite your friends and colleagues to join us. This is Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli. I look forward to having you back with us during our next episode.